Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are, welcome. (laughs) We're so excited today. This is our first video, so hopefully it's not like a garbage can, um, dumpster fire, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're really excited to be. I think, Portia, like our tech has come a really long way Mm -hmm. in just, when did we start recording? I think, was it January or February? I want to say end of January. End of January. So like less than a year and like, look at us go. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I've got the lighting, mm-hmm. um, some props. You have some props that may be giving hints today about what we're going to be talking about. Some paraphernalia here. Look at that. 
Very excited. Um, I'm going to let you intro it because I know you are such a Swifty. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about the Eras Tour movie, Mm -hmm. uh, which we thought would be just such a cool idea. So typically, right, we're talking about like fiction, Mm -hmm. um, you know, movies, TV shows, stuff like that. But we had to cover the Eras Tour movie, um, you know, about the tour. Neither of us have seen the tour yet. Um, I think it was just it was a lot and neither of us had the the foresight to see that you had to log in right like the second and buy the tickets cuz you couldn't afford them if you if you wanted to buy them after the fact so yeah yeah i mean i think like I, I don't think we should be super hard on ourselves because I think like it was impossible for almost anyone to get a ticket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. It, I do think this was a really nice way for everyone to get to see it who hasn't been able to go. And I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of enjoyed I, it this way. It was incredible. Yeah. I like, told you, I think I should just like, start there. Yeah. I, I felt like I had a religious conversion. Honestly, I was like, whoa. <laughs> so tell me about when you went. Have you seen it more than one time? I've seen it twice. Okay. Um, I saw it the first time with my husband. We went on a very busy weekend. It was my sister-in-law's wedding. Um, I officiated the wedding. So there was like, you know, event, dinner, breakfast, whatever. And then like that night, it was like, we're going to the Eras Tour movie. I don't care how tired you are. I don't care that it's Sunday night. Like we're going. Oh, so I saw it with him and it was amazing. And I do have a little story to tell. So I I bought tickets, um, like when it came out. And so it said that the Eras tour would be only showing in AMC movie theaters. Right. I remember I searched AMC, the movie theaters when I got in, right. It was like, you're in the waiting room. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting tickets. Like this feels amazing. And so I bought them like kind of far away because we have movie movie theaters closer to us, but they're not AMC. AMC ones are not. Right. So I bought two sets of tickets. Um, so I had four tickets to like two different nights and, um, I did not go to either of those. I didn't end up selling them. I just last minute bought closer tickets. <laughs> That's like a difference of like an hour, like really. Yeah, so like the one is like cost, 10 minutes. Yeah. It was a cost benefit analysis. Yeah. So I return the tickets. I have to say that's annoying that there were no refunds. I know. Cause I think someone else would have liked them. Like they were early, you know, the, uh, the weekend they came out. So I don't know. I just couldn't be bothered again. It was really stressful, but I've, so I've bought ticket sets to four and I've gone to two and like, the, you know, they've all passed. So it's not like I could do anything about that. But my yeah. husband was like laughing, um, by the time. Cause he was like, you know, we spent really a fraction of what the real yes, that's four the seats that's were. The so that's the thing. I bought two sets and then I did end up selling one of them. I, you know, I was able to resale them. I, you know, I, for like $5 less than I bought them for, but I knew someone would be able to buy them because I went with my daughter who's about to turn five. I can't believe it. Um, but she has become a little swifty like in the past six months. It started over the summer when she was at camp. Like I picked her up from camp and she was like, mom, do you know who Taylor Swift is? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know? And then like whenever we'd hear a song on the radio, she'd be like, this is Taylor Swift. And I was like, yeah, it's so cute the way she says her name, you know, just in like her little girl voice. And then one day I picked her up and a counselor, I think, had shown them some sort of video, whether it was a concert video, music video, but she was so cute. She got in the car and she was like, mom, I saw Taylor Swift today and she was dancing and she had a microphone and she was singing. You know, like she just like she had never 
it's never crossed her mind that you could do all those things. And in my head, I was like, and she plays instruments. Like, wait till you see that, you know? Um, And so then she's really gotten into Taylor Swift. And it's so funny because she only knows her new songs, like the karma one she knows, you know, but if like love story comes on the radio and I'm like, oh, this is Taylor Swift. She's like, no, it's not like, what are you talking about? Um, But anyway, so I took her and we had like a little Halloween event at their school beforehand. So she was like in her Halloween costume. It was just me and her. And it was like the time of my life. It was so great. She had so much fun. We got the popcorn and stuff. um, And it was just, it was so cool because I felt like I'm there with my daughter, but then we're surrounded by all these women. It reminded me of when we went to see Barbie, how it was just an experience and a very like female experience, you know? So there were like other moms with their like older daughters, like tween teens, then there were like teenagers, early 20s who were there by themselves, but as a group, all dressed up. There were all these friendship bracelets. So a, a girl gave my daughter a friendship bracelet, which was That's like so sweet, cute. Um, and my daughter kept wanting to get up and go dance with the big girls. So then we'd go like in the back where all the girl, you know, all the older girls are dancing. They all were like filming themselves, like I guess for their social media. But it was just like so like pure and adorable mm-hmm. and sweet. And like, it was just so fun. I had so much fun with her and I was impressed. She, there were times where she was getting like, she wanted to go like during the slower sets, but then luckily it would pick up with like 1989, you know, and then we were like, get back into it. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was just so fun. It was so fun. Yeah. So when I went, I got a lot like teary eyed multiple times because <laughs> There's definitely people of like all ages, right? Like the little kiddos, mm-hmm. um, you know, I didn't see like, well, actually the second time I went, there was really young ones there, mm-hmm. um, probably around your daughter's age mm-hmm. and then older, right? So like forties, fifties, um, teens, my age, whatever. And women, of, all generation. women of every, of every age were there every singing every and every laughing and just like loving life. And it was just like, so beautiful. So the first time I saw it was definitely more hyped, right? Like people were singing and dancing and that was great and awesome. And the second time I saw it, um, I went with my friend and we were sitting in between this like group of women who are like in their sixties and seventies. And it was like quieter and I really appreciated that because then the slow songs, like I just was like weeping during and um, they were like so into it. Like yeah. after I forget which one it was, I think it was the song um, it was after All Too Well. And then one of the like more sexy ones, yes. with the chairs, chairs. they were like, whoa, like screaming, clapping. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just thought like also... In the movie, Taylor is having so much fun. Like, you can just tell she is just, like, loving what she's doing. Yes. And I was like, if if only we could all feel that way with, like, our job, right? Like, I just – it was, like, so cool to see her loving it so much. Um, and I just thought, like, it was so cool to – I like how she didn't do it chronologically, it seemed like. It wasn't chronological, right? Um. Like she would, in terms of like which era she was doing, it wasn't like we're going to start at the beginning and go till the present. And I liked that because you got to see all these different eras like of her life and just see how she's like grown up. 
Um, but in like this mix mishmashed way. Right. Um, you know, like from like love story to like the sexy chairs to like, you know, the man to like everything. It was just like, it was so cool. And the dancing was great. I loved the diversity of her dancers um, from like body type, gender, you know, race, skin color, everything. Like it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she just like highlighted them all. I loved all of the like intense walking, you know, with all of it. And I was like, I want to walk. Like, I know, you know, like, what if, like, can you imagine, like, you come out to get your patient, like, like, never, but it, it, like, reminded me back of, like, our dancing days with doing, like, jazz walking Mm. across the floor, you know, like, I just miss that, you know? Yeah. Like, so her, her shoes, um, I love shoes. So they're all custom Louboutins, right? Red bottoms. The boots, I was like, Oh, the pink ones, the the blue ones, you know, the midnight blue ones. Like it was just, they were stunning. And I wanted to know, and then she had loafers that were Louboutins and like a new shoe leather, right? Nice. Like they typically hurt. Obviously hers were broken in. Obviously they were like, like butter. I'd imagine. Right. Form to her foot. And I was like, how can I get one, a pair? Obviously not one that she wore because that would be like insanely expensive, but um, I just like want one of them so badly and we'll see. We'll see if anyone we'll out there has a hookup, let us know. Yeah. So yeah. the eras were in order of, um, we started with lover and then there was fearless evermore reputation speak now red folklore 1989. Then the acoustic set, which we got in the movie, you're on your own kid. And then our song and then ended with midnights. What did you think about the order? You said that you liked that it wasn't right. Like from debut on. Yeah, I did. I, because I think I liked that they could intersperse the slower sets with like fat, you know, and then like the hits and then some slower stuff. And I think Mm -hmm. since I haven't historically been like a grade a Swifty, I'm just like a, I just like her music, but I'm not like out there, you know, um, there would be these songs that I hadn't heard before. I'm ashamed to admit maybe. Um, but I was like, oh, that's Lavender Haze, you know, <laughs> or hearing, you know, like the, the songs or the albums that maybe I didn't listen to. Um, and then the hits would come next, you know, or like the more upbeat songs. I guess. Yeah. Um, so I liked it, but what, what about you? I really loved it. Um, I, I think I, it helped me find more songs that I have been really liking of hers. Like I, I really like Midnight's a lot. I, I think I knew her debut album, right? Like the classic, like our song, her like country more album. And then I don't think I was really like in it for Fearless and Mm -hmm. Speak Now. So Mm -hmm. I kind of bopped back in, um, after those two. And then I ended up seeing, which was, yeah, I knew Red because that was when I turned 22. Yeah. So that was very like fitting. Um, Taylor is one year older than me. So talking about why people feel so right, like close with her yeah. is that she's been making yeah. music forever. And it's always been, luckily for me, which I feel like is a gift, like so on brand for like what I'm going through and like high yeah. school, right? Like growing up, like love, heartbreak yeah. um, into more now. Like I think like some of the slow songs like are adult. Yes. Like, yeah. like, you know, they don't have to be, but yeah. like, just like some of the feelings and experiences are so fitting now that it's just like, but even, whoa. even though from the beginning, I feel like they were so fitting, right? So she said 
it spans 17 years, which is astounding, right? And so she was like 15 writing this stuff. And like, I, I was hoping we would touch on this because I think clearly her music and just like her as a person resonates with the masses, like internationally, right? And I find that really fascinating because on the one hand, just stereotypically, she is a privileged, skinny, white, blonde girl who's pretty, right? So like on one hand, I feel like we could all like really hate her. Or, you know, right? I think people uh, do, but not not I. But do you know what I mean? Like, on the yeah. one hand, she has, she kind of, like, was very blessed, you know, coming from, um, you know, a supportive family that had a lot of money, who could afford to, like, chase her dreams with her, could afford to move to Nashville, you know, like, all of that stuff. I feel mm-hmm. like you could argue, like, she's starting off with, like, a huge, huge privilege in that way. Like, I don't think you can say that that's not true. And yet, like, even if you go back to her early songs, like the songwriting and the emotion behind it is like amazing. And I really feel like she's like a savant in terms of music and songwriting in particular. And even the way she sings the songs, like the inflections in her voice when she's singing versus kind of talking, the tone of her voice, the way she delivers it. I think like it's all for me, I think it's like all of that together that resonates with everyone. And I just think like how, what a gift. And I I think it started all the way back with like, wasn't Teardrops on My Guitar her song? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like all the way back with that to like our song, to love story, like the early ones are like, they speak to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't just like, I, I spend so much of my professional life helping adults find words to describe their feelings that to me, it's like amazing that a 14, 15 year old could capture that in right. a beautiful way, not just like acoustically beautiful, but like the words she's saying and the message mm-hmm. she's conveying, right? Like I'm just, it's astounding. Um, and then I think just seeing this movie tour and you see her evolution and how her songwriting, like all the way to the present day has gotten so much more complex and evolved and gritty. It's amazing. I, like, I'm just, I'm so amazed. Yeah. I think her lyrics are, are just like why she's so amazing and and well-liked and well-received because I think everyone has experienced everything that she talks about, but the way that she describes it is so, it makes you feel like seen, I guess I'd say, right? It makes it really resonate with you. It makes it feel like there are words for it. You know, it's like, even if, oh, you, it wasn't a football player. um, It's still someone in high school who didn't like you back. And when you and really like, so, I think it's so funny to me that it's like she is the it girl now, you know. So the fact that like this it girl, even back then, skinny, pretty, blonde, rich girl, felt like an outsider. It's just interesting, but I think it speaks to like we all feel like that, no matter what. Like no matter what your background is, no matter what you look like, no matter what privilege you have or you don't. Like we all feel like that at different times, and right? Like I think she just really speaks to it. And yeah. she grew up like speaking to like her reputation. Like I love the reputation album. I love 1989. Um, but like those grittier songs, like about her reputation or about how she handles the scrutiny, 
oh my God, so good. And then it's so catchy, right? Like it's not just like the lyrics are great. They just get in your head. Like it's so catchy. You can't help I know. It. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it's hard to get some of them out. Um, I'm like not a fan of Shake It Off. Really? I just like, yeah, it's like, it's just not where I am right now. I'm more like folklore, evermore, okay. Okay. some Midnight's vibe. But, um, and I like Shake Shake It Off when it came out, but it's like, a lot of people were like, oh, there's like other songs from that album that you could have put on there that are like better. I think Shake It Off, though, is like a radio hit, right? It's like fun to dance to. Everybody likes it. Um, it's so catchy to the point where yeah. it's like, can I shake off, right. shake it off? Yeah. Um, I, was, but, I was sad that Wildest Dreams wasn't in there. I love that one. I know. Because it was in the tour. Right. I think there were a couple that were in the tour but didn't make the movie. And I'm sure they have yeah. to cut some out at some point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really wanted to hear The Archer. So when I went, I was like, you know, elbowing my husband, being like, okay, like, this is next, this is next, this is next. And I was like, oh, The Archer's you next. Know? And it didn't happen. What? You knew the order of the songs going in? Yeah, because it's the same as the tour. Oh, okay. So, okay. And I, you know, watched a lot of lives, a live Got streams. It. And then I have the playlist, you know, on my phone. So yeah, I'm I had to get ready. So it didn't come on. And I was like, am I missing something? Like what was the Archer in Lover? Am I totally off? Is it 19? No, it's not 1989. So it was like the Archer, Cardigan, Wildest Dreams, and then Nobody, No Crime. I don't love Nobody, No Crime, but I was really disappointed about the Archer, Cardigan, and Wildest Dreams. Like bombed. Yeah. 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 No, I think a lot of people were, but I think at some point they have to cut some stuff. I would. Yeah. It's already super long. Right. So. Um, just also giving her some props. So top grossing music concert film ever already, um, followed by Justin Bieber with his never say never one. And then Michael Jackson, this is it. And then Hannah Montana, best of both worlds, which I thought was like, so funny. I loved him. Hannah Montana definitely didn't see it, but it was also a little young. Yeah. But, um, I'm curious to see how Beyonce's tour does Renaissance. That's awesome. I think it's coming out. Um, no, it's coming out. Yeah. So she's going to do a movie. Um, another opportunity, which I think is so great for people to be able to see their, their favorite artists without spending hundreds or thousands of dollars. So I appreciate it for Taylor Swift, like literally thousands, let alone Mm -hmm. like airfare hotel. And you know, you think of, there's probably a lot of people out there who like maybe just even physically can't get there, you know? And so it it is a really cool way. I also think like, it's so cool that this year I feel like it's been like, women at the box office, you know, we had like Barbie and now we have Taylor Swift. And like, I was reading something that said, you know, they released it like independently, like not with a major studio. And just, this is another thing I love about Taylor Swift is she clearly is so powerful. Like I get, I don't know, like on the one hand, I'm like, what does it feel like to be that powerful? On the other hand, I'm like too scared to know, but she's so powerful and she, she uses it. And I think some smart ways like this, like releasing it without a studio backing her at a time when all the strikes are happening and there's so much tension between like the studio execs and the creatives. Like, it's just like a, like sort of showing them like, we don't really need you if we have, if our content's good enough. 
And I just feel like that's kind of smart. And I feel like, you know, we know movie theaters and stuff have been so struggling for a long time, and especially since COVID. So it's just like injecting a lot, you know, into that, you know, sphere. It's just like stuff like that I find really interesting. And I think some of her, I'd say like in the past decade, some of her songs, like I'm specifically thinking of You Need to Calm Down. I love that song. But her lyrics that are just very like, like shade never made anybody less gay. Like, like you just said so much, you know, and like, it's just so smart. And like, I think she's been more political in the past few years. And it's just like, what a way of using your power, you know? Right. Right. And we saw that with Antihero too, right? So Antihero is like, right, the radio hit of Midnight's. And it's just like all about mental health. So Mm -hmm. in case this is your first episode, we are two mental health professionals who um, typically talk about movies, diagnosing TV characters, and talking about mental health themes that we see. But we thought it'd be like fun to take a little bit of a detour with this and talk about just like her impact on mental health. My gosh, Um, there's a lot of articles that came out after the Eras Tour tour started. Um, one of them I tried to find, but it's like behind a paywall, New York Times. Um, the yeah. psychologist or psychiatrist, right, was talking about like the week and just hearing constantly about Taylor Swift, um, mm-hmm. about the lyrics, about like what's going on with her and just mm-hmm. like how that's impacted our sessions and, um, yeah. you know, the world. So, but I don't know. yeah, it's amazing. Right. And I think like, like you're saying, Portia, she speaks to like entire, not even just one generation, not even like the generation she belongs to, but like you're saying, you see older women there, you see very young, like my daughter doesn't, hasn't been in love yet, except like with me, of course, but you know, like she doesn't relate to all these words yet, but there's something about her she relates to already. Right. And to me, that's fascinating. And I think like sitting there in the movie with like her, seeing these other young girls, seeing older like mothers there with their daughters then being at this phase of my life, I just felt very connected <laughs> to like all different phases of my life. Yeah. And every time. And I feel like that's what brought me to tears. That was overwhelming. And I felt like that at Barbie too, when we went, um, just seeing all the moms and daughters and stuff like that. Like you just feel connected. And I think um, that she just does that like for the masses somehow. I know. I mean, and I think it's, I mean, it's got to come back to her presence. I think she's very relatable. And even some of the stuff on, you know, the level of the stage that she is so privileged within, right? Like celebrity culture, artists, et cetera. It's like, right, we can all remember some of the not so thing, not so nice things that happened to her um, very publicly. And yeah, Kanye, you know, then her albums um, with Scooter Braun. And it's just like, it's so interesting watching someone, again, who does have a lot of power and privilege, be able to do something about it. And I yeah. think sometimes we don't yes. have that ability and that feels really bad, which of course right. it does. But for her to be able to be such like a model of Resilience. Trying to own your power and yes. and use your resources where you can to to... I don't know, just like own your stuff is so empowering. I I 100% agree. And I think like with all of her privilege also comes this huge, huge level of scrutiny and criticism, which like I don't think any of us can imagine what that's really like to live through. And for her to have navigated that from the age of like 14, 15 to now as a woman, right? Like I think 
the man like really speaks to that in a fun, cheeky, catchy way, but really speaks to it. And it's like been really fascinating to watch her evolution as she has tried to manage all that scrutiny. And I think we got like some insight into her own sort of mental health struggles, which I don't think we need to like fully get into. Um, but you know, like with that documentary that came out during COVID, what was it? Miss Americana, mm-hmm. but it was, um, to see like that it does like get to her and it's like, well, duh, of course it does. Like it would get to any of us. Even that makes her relatable. Um, but even just like the way she talked about it in that documentary, wasn't like, it didn't to me at least feel like attention seeking. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed more like this isn't stuff she talks about a lot. She doesn't really want to talk about it, but she's putting like enough out there and with like anti-hero and stuff like that to say, to sort of like say like, I'm going through this. This is how I cope with it, you know? Um, and I think that helps make her relatable, but then to see her still shine and like bounce back or rebound or like grow from it and make art from it and express herself in a way that connects with like the masses again, I think is really inspiring. And I think like not everyone can do that. Like not everyone would be able to get back up after all of that heavy, heavy criticism. No, totally. Um, And I think she, so I. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. was listening to a podcast with um you know that I really enjoy him and his book but Josh Peck yeah um, has a podcast and he had Taylor Lautner like open invite Josh Peck yeah so he um they had the guest Taylor Lautner on their podcast who you know we know dated Taylor Swift many years ago ironically he did marry a Taylor so now which I just think is so hilarious but anyway he was talking about her you know from them then and just saying how they kind of reconnected because he was in one of her more recent music videos and like how she's just so nice and like hardworking and creative and um and now you know a couple days later Travis Kelsey's dad um was like interviewed about her and just talking about how she was like cleaning up trash in the suite Um, and it feels which everyone is saying, right. And I believe, but like really authentic, it's not performative. It's not, you know, like, Oh, I'm putting on this act where I'm so nice. It's just like, she doesn't have that diva, um, mentality, even though like she should, right. It's like, she's the number one pop pop star ever, you know, and is so popular and, and could get away with it. Right. But it's like, she's so grounded. And I think taking time off 
um, mm-hmm. and, and really not being in the public eye at certain times, maybe in response to some difficult yeah. um, things yeah. has really helped that. And, and even just thinking like, you know, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be someone of her um, levels like therapist, right? Like, I don't know if she has one. I'm not saying she does, but like, I can't imagine. imagine, But I would imagine she does, or she has at some points, I would hope, or maybe her parents are just like astoundingly amazing, like amazing supports. She's had some level of support to help, I think, keep her grounded. And I totally agree. I think like she does, she does have a reputation of being nice and like, I think you just see that, like you just feel it from her. And I agree, it, it doesn't feel performative or like put on. Um, and then you just like, you know, like there was an article that came out a while back just saying like she gave all of her tour drivers like a $100,000 bonus. I feel like she just does stuff like this. You know, and I was like going down a Reddit rabbit hole in preparation for this episode and just seeing like, what do people think of her? You know, because I'm sure there are people who hate her. I'm sure she's been rude to someone at some point in her life because like she's human and we all have. But I think in general, like she seems just very nice. And even like this stuff with like Sophie Turner lately, you know, how like she was going through a hard time and all of a sudden like Taylor's with her. And, um, like she kind of like swoops in, I feel like for her friends at like important times. And maybe there is a bit of it that's like for publicity, but I think that's an example of her like using her power for, for what she feels like is right or good or things like that. Right. And I Mm -hmm. feel like Sure, there's probably been some cattiness in the past, I would imagine. Um, I don't know, but I, I I get that sense that she's just like nice. Yeah, I and think I, so. And I think that it's like, how how did that happen? Like, how did you not become a raging narcissist? Right? Like when we in our succession episodes, we talked a lot about like, well, like when you live in that environment, like that's hap- like why how could you not be? Right. And it's like how could she not be? Um, but somehow she's remained grounded. It really seems like, again, I have no idea. I could be totally off. I haven't right. It's just that like phenomenon, right? When everyone is doing something for you all the time and everyone is like so happy to, you know, oh, what, what do you need or what do you want? Or you're so amazing. And that's in your yeah. ear. It's like, you know, people who run in those circles, whether it's just from wealth or it's from fame, it's like it, 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 that, changes you that becomes yeah, or like, it's birth. Yeah. Right. right so i think it's really interesting um that that's not ever the case of what we see the public ever yeah. you know it's like so many artists or, or celebrities right it's like they were rude to a person at a restaurant or you know she has which she should and i think it's similar with the kardashians like really good ndas right yeah. like nothing's getting through even though you know there's some pictures lately but um, she just seems like she has a really, really strong support system, which yeah. I would compare, you know, kind of as just a general um, way to judge it to like Britney Spears, right? So it's like Taylor Swift appears to us to have this like some strong, secure support system where it's like, I think her dad, um, people have talked about is like into finance. So he like did yes. really well with putting her money in places and like looking out for her um, and, and just her. <laughs> 
Exactly. And then we see someone who did not appear to have, you know, a good, strong support system to protect around her. And it's like, you know, that's not as simple as it is, but it's like, that's a good example of, you know, just the differences or what I would imagine Taylor Swift has. Yeah. And how important it is. Right. And I think like, you know, Taylor Swift is an individual person, but she's also like a machine now, right? Like it isn't just a brand. Yeah. You know, like she's got her in-house management, which again is like smart. I think she's learned to keep it all in-house is what it seems like. Um, We should take a page from her book as our, you know, podcast obviously grows to be wildly successful. So let's go through if you want to. Um, I thought it'd be fun to just go through like the anti-hero lyrics. Oh my God, um, please. Because there's one line that's my favorite lyric perhaps of all time. I bet you can guess what it is. I I can. It's coming. It's it's coming up. I think it's like the third um, <laughs> cor- or verse. Okay. So it starts with, I have this thing where I get older, but just never wiser. <laughs> Midnights become my afternoons. When my depression works, the graveyard shift, all the people I've ghosted stand there in the room. Everyone, like, just shut the door. Like, just stop. Like, amazing. And also, like, spot on for clinical depression. It affects your sleep cycles. You tend to be up in the middle of the night. Like, you have a heart, you have what we call like a delayed sleep cycle. So, like, you fall asleep way later. And then you have a harder time waking up in the morning. So it's like, I just like hearing that I'm like, she has experienced depression. Like that's what it feels like. And I think it's really funny because when you are experiencing depression, you often are not responding to people. And I have a lot of clients who there's a lot of anxiety about right there, like text or their iMessage, their Snapchats growing. And now it's like, you know, a hundred or 40 or whatever. And just being like paralyzed with not being able to respond. And like that can feel right. Even if it's not intentional, like you're ghosting your friends. So all the people I've ghosted stand there in the room, right? Like staring at me, like all the pressure to respond. It's just like. Yes, hundred percent. Social isolation, hundred percent. Or and also it like speaks to maybe like how self critical you can feel when you're clinically depressed episode, or maybe even some people are just way more critical of themselves. We call that having a critical super ego. Um, But it kind of speaks to that too. Like maybe these people aren't really thinking about her, but she's feeling all this guilt for not getting back to them. You know, absolutely. All right. So the next couple lines are. I should not be left to my own devices. They come with prices and vices. I end up in crisis. Tale as all this time. I wake up screaming from dreaming. One day I'll watch as you're leaving because you got tired of my scheming. For the last time. Mm-hmm. Oh. So so what do you think that's about? So, well, like, I mean, if I'm taking it really like directly, I wake up screaming from dreaming. So like maybe having some nightmares, like anxiety dreams um, about what you're doing. Um, A little. Oh, go ahead. Some just like lack of maybe confidence, right? Like I should not be left to my own devices. I think a lot of people who experience mental health um, challenges, you know, that it, there's a, there's separate ones that you are overly confident or inappropriately confident, mm-hmm. but the majority of the other ones we see more typically, um, there's like a big confidence hit. Yeah. And I think it speaks to like, you know, when you're feeling more depressed or anxious, it's common 
in human nature to like use unhealthy coping strategies, like everything from like overeating to not exercising to using substances to maybe something like self-harming behaviors. You know, I think it kind of speaks to like being stuck in the stuck in the muck of depression maybe and feeling like you can't get yourself out. And also that like wondering if the person you love will like still be there for you or if this is going to push them away. I know. That's good. That's a good analysis. Yeah. And then the right, we come to the chorus. So hot. Um, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me at tea time. Everybody agrees. I'll stare directly at the sun, oh. but never in the mirror. It must be exhausting. Always rooting for the antihero. Can she get a Pulitzer prize, please? Like this is astounding. This still isn't my favorite line. You know, it's coming up. I know. You know, it's one it is. I, I do. So I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror, I think is so yeah. good with like, you know, you're, you'll hurt yourself, you'll blind yourself, um, you'll cause pain or whatever, but you won't kind of look at what's really maybe happening at it about you, yeah, the to self-awareness. Get that, to get that insight that that, and it's like, oh, it is so hard to look at yourself, your true self and like own up to or acknowledge the parts of ourselves that we don't like or that we want to change or that we know are getting in our own way so hard. And like, it just really speaks to that. And that's even harder when you're in the throes of like depression or even just like stress, you know, even if it's not like a clinical mental health issue, even just like being overwhelmed with stress. Oh my God. Totally. That might be my second favorite line. So then we come to the part that everybody was like, what does that mean? Um, sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby and I'm a monster on the hill. Too big to hang out, slowly lurching towards your favorite city, pierced through the heart, but never killed. Um, uh, so to me, that feels like a little bit of her talking about um, like body image, right? So everybody's like sexy and, and attractive and I'm this monster on the hill. So I'm this like clumsy, right? Lurching. Um, like uncomfortable in my body. I don't know how to move it. I feel just detached yeah. from it, which is pretty common if you're having, you know, it's any tort, any type of body image issues, which she's talked about having. So, yes. um, and then pierce through the heart. I'm just going to say, this was the one in the movie, right? Where on the screen was like a giant tailor, like yes. working around. Right. And, and kind of like an awkwardness. And I feel like her awkwardness is like beautiful and tall and blonde and skinny that she is. She still has this awkwardness that I think makes her relatable that people latch on to. But I imagine for her has been like uncomfortable. Um, Well, she's tall. I know a lot of people, tall women um, have a hard time being tall. Like it's just with partners, with clothing. Um, 100%. I'm sure she has faced so much scrutiny in the media about her body and her changing body from teenagerhood to like now. Um, So it's like even watching her dancing, like in the movie, there were parts where she was a little awkward, but like, I liked it, you know, and I think people like it, but I would imagine for her, like when you are up against like Britney Spears or other people, like you might feel a certain way. So Mm -hmm. I totally think that like can speak to that. She's definitely a lyricist and not, you know, she's not a dancer. She, I, I think she does a great job, but, you know, that's why she has amazing dancers. Right. So here we go. Oh. Um, 
Did you hear? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism, like some kind of congressman. That's it. It's my favorite line about like. When so you, we talk a lot about narcissists. Yes, there are, I think, just like everywhere in American culture, period, but a lot on our screens in terms of TV shows and movies. But holy, can I say holy shit? Like, beep. Like, holy shit. Like, first of all, covert narcissism is such a high level concept. I feel like the average person wouldn't understand. And it's that is just spot on that a lot of times people who are really altruistic, but in like a way that you're putting it out there for everyone to see, that's where it's coming from. Oh my yeah. God. It just I I'm every time I hear that line, I'm floored. And I love that like the masses are consuming this. Cause maybe somewhere in there there's a kernel that makes you think or makes you wonder, like, what is that? Maybe you look into it a little more, right? Right. And then her comparing it to, right, like like some kind of congressman. Perfect. I think we just like, I think it's common knowledge. I don't think it's like a, a hot take to say that most politicians are narcissists. I think you have to be in a way to like believe that you should be a leader, you know, of like the masses, even if you're a great leader you know, or you're a bad leader. It's like, but then I think we've talked about too, that's where you see the differences between covert and overt narcissists. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we could give examples, but we're not going to because we don't talk about real people um, but or make, listen up, make judgments. Listen, yeah, but listen to our old episodes about succession, about even the nightmare before Christmas. We touch on this with the mayor. Um, we've touched on it a lot. Uh, our, our, our stuff about you, we've touched on narcissism a lot. Um, uh, and I think like I think of narcissism much like I think of a lot of different things, especially in regards to personality development as being a spectrum. And there is like we all need a healthy amount of narcissism to like be self-confident, to put yourself out there, to advocate for yourself. It's like the people who don't have enough of it are often the ones who like people please too much, get walked all over, don't put themselves up for the promotion, right? Like you need a healthy amount of it. And then you need to have a healthy amount of empathy to be able to like keep it in check. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's when it's like all the way to the side where you don't have any empathy, where it becomes like a real issue in your relationships. Um, oh my gosh. And yeah, there are certain fields like, you know, politicians. Um, I think any field where like you're a leader in some way, um, you know, there might be a higher percentage of people with these traits. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So the last favorite. Yeah, we Katrina loves um, talking about narcissism. So if you have an interest in that, apparently, yeah, apparently. Um, so the last, you know, verses or you know, little dribble of words is just about her saying, right, like, um, my daughter-in-law kills me for the money, which I think speaks to her storytelling, um, or just like who knows? I'm making a huge assumption here, but like, I don't know if I was her. I think there's all these like people who might be out to get you, right? Like take advantage. I don't think it's real paranoia, right? We've talked about this before too with succession. Yeah. Um, And just like people are out to use you, you know, for whatever, for clout, for money, for any kind of gain. And and that's really why, right? She seems to have such a secure network um, Mm. where it feels like it's balanced, right? Like people are getting paid well, 
Mm -hmm. um, to work for her. And that builds trust. And she has a lot of long-term relationships. She has tree who's her, like, um, I think her, um, publicist who she's had for like decades. Mm. Um, and that I think just speaks to like, people are yes. really rooting for you. I think that also just speaks to her character. Um, that despite being catapulted into fame and everything she's gone through, if there are these people that have been there for a long time and she can maintain those relationships, I think that speaks to her character, getting back to like, you know, her grounded, humble nature. Um, I just think that that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the one other thing that I wanted to cover is um, kind of the idea of gaslighting. So in the all too well, 10 minute version, she, that, which was just literally a religious experience to watch. Like, yeah, so like, this is where I was like, I need to watch this 10 minute music video. I haven't watched it yet. I hadn't watched it before, but I was like up Googling on Wikipedia, on Reddit, trying to figure out what is up with this red scarf? You know, what did you find? Found a lot of stuff about maybe it was about a relationship with an older man that was short lived. Maybe it involved like her virginity and stuff. And I was just like, I had a lot of feelings about it. Yeah. So obviously there's iconic lines in this, like F the patriarchy. And then one of the lines, which is like, as I get older, your lovers stay my, or as you get older, your lovers stay my age. And that was like, after apparently he broke up with her. Cause like, you're too young kind of thing. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, t- I heard a lot about, and I just do in general, a lot of people will throw around the word gaslighting, like, oh, yeah. he was gaslighting me or they were gaslighting me or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And yeah. I think that this song, why it resonates, at least for me, and I, and I think some others have said this too, is because what at the end of the song, when she says, and she repeats this over and over again, wind in my hair, I was there, I was there, down the stairs, I was there, I was there, sacred prayer, I was there, I was there. It was rare, you remember it. And I think- that's just such a good example of how and and in the music video, which is so good with Sadie Sink and Dylan O'Brien, who are kind of like acting it out. um, You see Dylan O'Brien's character, like gaslighting Sadie Sink, like kind of over and over and over again with like, what do you mean? And and then, you know, the reactions of, well, I can't believe you'd say that about my friends versus no, I'm telling you, why did you drop my hand? Like, and so Dr. Um, Rami, Romani, um, she's like a psychologist. She does a lot of interviews on TV. She was on the red table like a while ago. And she talked about the difference between lying and gaslighting, which I thought was really right. helpful. And I use it. Um, right. Like, so if you um, give a liar evidence, they will like stop lying. So if you, Katrina, and this is the example she uses, um, were like telling me that you didn't go to this party. And I find a picture of you at the party. I'm like, oh, Katrina, but like you were at the party and you were like, oh, like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I didn't want to hurt your feelings because you weren't invited. Like, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Like you found the evidence, even or you could be embarrassed. You have whatever reaction, but a gas person who's gaslighting you will like double down and be like, I can't believe you would find a picture. That's so crazy. You would go to all these lengths um, to do this. Like, so now it's about like your mental health, right? You're crazy. So, and I just love that. That's that a example of it. And then you're saying I was there, I was there over and over again. It's like, no, I was there. Like I remember it all too well. Yeah. Um, is just so powerful in the way she repeats it. It's like is she singing it to herself? Is she singing it to me? Because like when you are being gaslit, and again, 
hate to bring it back to narcissism, but very common psychological abuse technique of people with narcissistic personality traits is gaslighting, which what we mean by that is like when you are confronting someone with these traits with a reality saying like, hey, you hurt me, you did something wrong. You're confronting them about something they've done wrong. They can't tolerate it because people with these traits can't hold on to good and bad simultaneously, especially about themselves. They have such a deep sense of insecurity and feelings of worthlessness and nothingness that they can't hold on to it. They have to project it outward and put you down so they stay feeling up here and good about themselves. Some people do this in an overt way, like the grandiose kind of way, other people more covert. Um, and we'll, you know, we have other episodes where we can get into that more. Um, but with gaslighting, like when you confront them with something like this, they can't tolerate it. So they have to flip it around and make you the bad guy, sort of make you start to doubt your own sense of reality and make it seem like, well, did I remember that correctly? Or, well, well, did I do something to provoke that behavior in them? And, and that's what you're talking about. And it really is crazy making. It makes you feel really confused. So I think when she keeps repeating to herself, I was there, I was there. It is like her reminding herself like, no, I, I was there. And like her sort of coming back to her sense of self and reality over and over, which happens when you're in a relationship with someone who's doing this to you, whether it's romantic, your boss, a parent, like a hundred percent, it's so, so challenging to recognize and so hard to explain. Yeah. I think it's a feeling. Yeah. You know, it's like, I wish we could, we could like bottle the feeling of it because I think it's such a, not necessarily, or, you know, it, it shouldn't be such a common experience with one person. Cause if it is, then they're probably most likely a narcissist, but yeah. you know, we've all kind of experienced someone gaslighting us. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, you know, it's, and it's a feeling, it doesn't feel good. It takes no. us aback and then, right. It puts all the, the tension back on you or, and you feel crazy. Right. So I don't know. Taylor Swift, her lyricism is amazing. I think in general, like you just said at Best Portia, she bottles feelings, really complex feelings and emotions and life experiences. She can just like bottle up and deliver in a catchy way. Yeah. <laughs> just, just That's amazing. the power of it. Oh my God. It's just amazing. Well, as we wrap up, we could spend hours and going through many songs maybe maybe we will do a couple songs here and there i don't know maybe we'll, we'll get a patreon someday and we can yeah just like go through some of them because it's there there's a lot obviously but um thank you for watching if you've kind of enjoyed this episode with us we're so happy to have you here this hopefully is the first of many of our video episodes mm -hmm. um but if you are just listening audio feel free to like um, rate review and subscribe and follow us on instagram at analyze scripts podcast as well as tiktok at analyze scripts podcast as well um and we always look for recommendations right so send us movies tv shows characters you want us to talk about and um anything else you want to add dr fury um, no, I think if you're listening to this and not watching the video, it'll be on our, our new YouTube channel. So we're really excited. Mm -hmm. If you're listening, but you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Um, we're so close to hitting one of our milestone benchmarks and we're really excited about it. So we appreciate everyone who's tuned in so far. And we just, you know, I got to say, we really appreciate Taylor Swift and you yeah. know, how she has been able to put words to really difficult feelings in a way that resonates with so many people. I just like, it gives me some shivers to think about how so many people feel understood by one person. And I hope she keeps using her power in a good, positive way. Yes, I agree. Thanks for listening. See you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.
This podcast and its contents are a copyright of Analyzed Scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 